The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome once again to the Wrestling Inc. podcast. I'm Glenn Rubenstein, joined as always by Raj Giri. Today, we got Dennis Farrell sitting in with us. We're going to talk about SmackDown Live for May 9th, 2017. How's it going, guys? Dennis, great to see you, man. How you doing? Ah, thanks for having me back again. Awesome, man. Raj, how are you doing? You feeling better about SmackDown than you did about Raw this week? I, th- I definitely thought it was better. Um, still not that interesting, but I thought it was better for sure. Yeah, you know, something about that shorter show makes it uh, less painful by a factor of probably five or ten, even though it's only two-thirds as long. Um, that being said, let's hop into it and talk about everything that happened on SmackDown this week. Now, they were in london again was this the o2 again raj yeah okay so two nights in a row there um interesting just the feel with them taping it and then having an air on delay um i did you did either of you watch talking smack last night yeah i did yeah weirdest episode um because it was all pre-tapes yeah yeah i I don't know if um they were in a rush to get out so they just had them because they were doing it as the show was you know the interviews as the show was going on you could hear it in the background um so i mean all the interviews with dasha and and the talent with the usos and dolph ziggler so i don't know if they had to they were just in a rush to get out as soon as the show was over so they didn't do any uh in-studio interviews yeah it was a very weird episode of a show i normally love um so that being said let's jump into the results of smackdown started with uh promo we had orton and jinder Facing off, joined by Kevin Owens, Baron Corbin, Sami Zayn, AJ Styles. Um, what can be said about this? Man, th- did this feel like the old SmackDown to both of you guys? With the whole, like, hey, let's everyone come out and do a promo and then make a yeah. tag match. It, it absolutely did to me. But it, it saved, you know what? I can't believe I'm about to save this. But what saved this segment was Sami Zayn coming out. Because when Baron mm. Corbin hit it, I really thought, ah, really, we're going to do this? But yeah. Sami Zayn came running, running out. I really felt energized with Sami Zayn's character. I, re- I thought, wow, I, I like this. Yeah. <clears throat> I felt like that with AJ when AJ come out came out. I feel like AJ just feels like the biggest star on SmackDown now. Yeah. Like he, when he comes out, you feel like the momentum changed more than Randy Orton now, in my opinion, or uh, anyone else on that show. I feel like he is the guy on SmackDown and he, 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 he feels like uh, he feels confident in that role, like being the face, you know, kind of the face of SmackDown. So I thought, uh, yeah, I like I like the opening segment, you know, for what it was. It was, you know, to set up a match that helps set up the main event for Backlash. So uh, it made sense. Yeah, AJ's definitely got a swagger about him. And uh, he feels like he knows this is his moment. This is his chance. And it was something like I felt like he never really had in TNA. Like when he was uh, when he was TNA champion, he didn't walk with that same kind of confidence. Um, So it's interesting just how much he's changed from uh, TNA to, to New Japan to WWE. 
Yeah, and it's kind of nice that they brought him in and they gave him this this role, right? That they put him at the top, and they I think what they did with him that they haven't done with a lot of these newer guys, or you know, newer, but you know what I'm saying, like a lot of these the talent that they've been building up in recent time is when AJ came in, they treated him like a top guy from the get go, and they kind of do that very sparingly. Like with some of these guys, they do it, but not all. And they kind of they did and they didn't, because. Uh, he came in, he was treated like top guy. Then he lost his first WrestleMania match and then he was kind of pushed down a little bit. And then, you know, um, then he was putting that world title feud with Roman. And I think that really helped him out because his matches with Roman were just outstanding. And, and it's been just, you know, pedal to the metal since. They're really protecting him by keeping him on SmackDown. Also, I think if you put him into a big Phil raw, he just becomes lost in the mix is as good of a wrestler as he is, but on SmackDown, it's his show. He can really grow in that role. I, I like the fact that they really kept him there. Yeah. I mean, with Kevin Owens, I feel like they did a good job on raw. I feel like, does anyone else feel like this is just like Kevin Owens in purgatory a little bit on SmackDown? It doesn't feel quite as special with him on that brand as he did on raw. I think that the uh, face of America gimmick is kind of is kind of the reason. It just to me, it just doesn't feel like it feels like a step down from where he was. It just doesn't feel like a top main event gimmick as opposed to where he was, you know, vicious and talking, you know, smack talking smack. And I, I feel like I, hopefully they get back to that soon. Yeah, there's no spark to this character. It's not entertaining. It's not funny. It's as Ross said, not vicious. It just seems like he's a role player right now and kind of accepted his fate as just hanging around the mid card. I just feel like main eventers, the more comedy they add and the less they seem like main eventers and more like mid carders and Owens, the more comedy he's adding, like this is supposed to be ironic because he's Canadian and he's calling himself the face of America. It just, it just doesn't feel like a main event gimmick. I think if the comedy is good, it's entertaining. I think you could be a breakout star, um, you know, and at least be majorly over with the crowd, even if they're giving you an entertaining uh, shtick. But this isn't entertaining. It's just awkward. To an extent. I mean, how many guys that do comedy were real main eventers, like yeah. as a comedic figure? It's true. There is a ceiling on that. But I mean, look at like Edge and Christian. Yeah, they yeah. weren't, but they weren't main eventers until Edge turned heel and became kind of this serious, this serious heel. It, it, you know, the comedy helped break them, uh, break them out for sure. And they weren't so goofy. They weren't like Santino Morella comedy where it, <laughs> it, you know, killed them. But um, yeah, Jericho maybe. Yeah, but Jericho the, even this time around was never main eventing. No. No, his his main event run was when he was that serious character with Shawn Michaels. I don't know. I mean, uh, both The Rock and Austin had a lot of humor in their characters in the second. Yeah, but having humor is different than being a comedic, you know, a comedy. Like, if The Rock started, I don't know what, you know what I mean? Like, just uh, a delusional gimmick where uh, it's all for comedy. Whereas The Rock was just funny ripping on his opponents. Mm-hmm. And that's that's different. Well, I think the real key is... That would still work. America. The Face of America thing is just stupid. I mean, the, the only saving grace of it last night was when he did that thing. And then uh, he added that button at the end where he was like, oh, by the way, you know, everyone hates you too. England, you know, and started ripping on the crowd. That was like the one part where it was like, okay, he's just going for pure heel heat at this point. Yeah, he's cutting Lana promos. Yeah. You know? Uh, but man, so, and what's up with 
the gender promos, man. Like, I feel that if I were to read what he's saying versus how he's saying it, it's like he might as well have been given a script from like a Bailey promo and just say it really angry. You know, I feel like the delivery doesn't necessarily match the context uh, and the content of what he's talking about. I, you know, last night's promo was all right. I, I enjoyed the fact that he took the promo pictures and, and shared it with us. That was yeah, a sure. interesting twist to it. But it kind of went in and out. Uh, he had me. I was going on a journey at some parts, and sometimes I go, wait a second. What are you talking about here? So I, I, he needs to be a little bit more consistent with the message that he's he's spewing. But sadly, I mean, what, in another month? It won't matter to us because we'll just talk about him and Luke Harper wrestling each other. <laughs> yeah, probably. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, he. I, I think he definitely needs to work on his promos. But um, a, again, he's kind of being that same kind of uh, comedic. They're, they're kind of doing that same comedy thing that they're doing with Owens, where Ginger's believing his he was champ with you know by posing with the belt and all that. I don't know. Uh, I, I, again, I think treating him a little more serious, um, you know, like showing if you were showing him like in the gym, working out for Randy and cutting promos on Randy saying, I'm, this is my one opportunity and I'm, I'm going to make sure I make the most of it. I think that would, you know, uh, hit home a lot more than, uh, these goofy promos. And I don't know what the, what their plan is with the Singh brothers. They have, they even mentioned their first names on TV. I don't think so. So it's like they're just randomly throwing in two guys who just because they're Indian, not giving them any reason why they're out there or explanation of what what they're doing. They, I'm, give them a tag match against uh, the Shining Stars or do something to at least establish who they are. Got to be a sweet gig, though, right? I mean, it's like literally just put on your colorful shirt, guys, and go out there and, you know. Grab a leg. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> sweet gig um but no to your point rosh i think they just don't want um i mean i think they just want gender to be a pure heel which is weird that i mean there's been all this talk that oh they're trying to appeal to india trying to make an extension in that marketplace but at the same time they're not doing like you said they're not giving him an angle you know and, and even they toned down some of the stuff last night like he wasn't out there doing the whole thing about diversity you know i feel like they're really trying to make it where it's like there's no way you can be on this guy's side maybe um yeah, I don't know. I, I, I just feel like uh, <coughs> whatever they're trying, he's – I mean, he definitely seems like a bigger star than he did a month ago. Oh, definitely. But uh, I don't think anyone still buys him at the main event level. Yeah, it's very weird. It's, I mean, I'm very curious to see where this goes after Backlash and, and even in Backlash to see how they, they treat this and what happens. I mean, is there any way – I mean, there's no way Ginger wins clean. At backlash, right? Not I mean, are we, yeah. No, but something I, could happen. I'd like to see him win. I'm really, I could, I could be interested in this character for many months down the line if they just tweak it a little bit. And I don't have the answer. I don't know, but I'm really close to really rooting for this guy to, 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 to break that glass ceiling, hold that belt, and, and see what he can do. He's got the look. He's got the size. The, the promos are not that far off where they need to be considering look who you know, has a mic sometimes, Braun Strowman. So I, I think he's really close. Yeah. Yeah, and I think this is the program for at least a couple more months. So, I mean, if they do have Orton beat Jinder clean, they'll probably do a beatdown after the match. Um, but I, I don't see them having Jinder win the title right now. They could. Um, 
it would be a shock for sure. It was interesting um, on but, Talking Smack last night, JBL breaking kayfabe a bit, referring to some of the backstage stuff as a skit. But then even with Jinder, talking about Jinder grabbing the brass ring. Yeah, and he talked about Ziggler being a heel against Nakamura, <laughs> and how, how great it is to be a heel. Uh, and he kept calling Chicago Nakamura's hometown, which was just strange. But uh, yeah. <clears throat> I don't know. I guess Chicago's the Japan of uh, the America. I don't. I don't know. Perhaps, yeah. many ways. Perhaps. Um, okay. So of course, all these guys came out, got into it in uh, the ring, promoing each other. Uh, Sammy Corbin, chaos ensued, and what did they do? They set a tag match for the main event. Um, Natalia versus Becky Lynch. What did you think of the intros last night and the way they had uh, the the you know uh, Carmella introduced Natalia? And uh, Naomi, the champion, come out to, to put over Becky in that that introduction. I guess it's something that had to be done. Uh, there were a few head scratchers in this whole segment for me. Well, as you move on, I'll probably chime in. But uh, I guess it was all right. And I think it was done to set up Charlotte. Uh, maybe. Uh, are we to believe now that Charlotte is like the Stone Cold Steve Austin of women, because now she's not quite a face, but not quite a hill. And she's kind of with the group, but not really with the group. What are we supposed to do here? I, I see. I don't mind that part just because I don't, I don't like when someone's been a heel for so long to automatically be acting like a total smiley baby face. But I just think when, when they have these multiple women feuds, I, it, it, just like when you have multiple uh, you know, men feuds, it just, it's just uninteresting. I mean, I still don't get why the why the 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 whole purpose of the welcoming committee is not just not liking that Charlotte's on the brand. Uh, that's just not a storyline that I really give two two craps about. Yeah, and so it, 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 it just oh. it was just so unorganic that that faction and it you know I, I'd rather see one on one feuds with these women because I think you could do some good stuff. I, I have to disagree with you, Raj, because I like the welcoming committee in theory that that huh. I do. I hear. And here's why, you know, you have a group of girls that all of a sudden get jumped over when someone comes and they try to beat her down. Now, I would like to see them introduce enhancement talent, even if they never quite make it to the ring and just have these girls start beating them up It truly make them a welcoming committee, because if you're not welcoming anybody the gimmick falls short it, to bring people in and really push this welcoming committee thing. I would love it. And I think most of us probably would like it too. What sense does it have to have Tamina on there when she hadn't even been on the brand? <laughs> I, she came over with Charlotte. I I'm with you, but I, I, in, in theory, I like this group of girls, but they're just, they threw them together, gave them a cool name and did nothing with it. I don't know. Uh, someone in the chat saying, man, Asuka should just come and decimate all six of them. And God, I would love to see that at this point uh, yeah. because it's just ridiculous. And uh, for me, I just I, I wanted to yell at the TV last night. I mean, could not have rolled my eyes harder when they announced for Backlash. It's going to be a six woman tag match. It's just like, uh, come on. Like you've got all this talent, all this potential, all these storylines and places you could go with it, all these matchups. Nope. Let's just toss them all in a, in a six, six woman tag. Like how many pay? I mean, every other pay-per-view for the SmackDown brand, this has been the case. At least give me Teddy long telling me that, by the way, I could, I'd swallow it a little bit easier if Teddy long's out there with this tag team battle, Matt. Yeah. But we don't have that. 
to your point, Glenn, that's it's just a SmackDown match. I mean, that's the, the match yeah. you'd expect on SmackDown. You know, it's not a it's not a pay per view match. And Charlotte has done such a good job of becoming a big star. Um, she, you know, she feels like a big star, and she's headlined a pay per view. Mm-hmm. And to come to SmackDown, her first first pay per view on SmackDown, she's just in a six man tag. I agree. That's it's just uh, huge. Waste. It just seems like a big step down. And and this brings Charlotte down, whereas Charlotte could be elevating the entire SmackDown women's division. Yeah. I mean, I, if it were me, I'd do like Charlotte versus Natalia, you know, and, and then maybe Naomi versus Carmella because Carmella got the sure. pin on her. And, you know, you could do Tamina and Becky on the pre-show or something Absolutely. like that. And that'd be great. I mean, and then we saw the, the vignette for Lana last night. I'm like, God, can't wait for Lana to make her debut wrestling. It should be something different in the women's division because with seven, can't have a six-woman tag. Hey, who's the seventh? Uh, Lana will be the seventh. Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, like something, anything just to tip the balance and change it at this point. Yeah. Uh, It infuriates me. But not as much as the the industrial razor industry, Uh, the complex, if you will which is why I'm proud to welcome the sponsor of today's show, Dollar Shave Club, which is awesome. God, if you've bought razors, it's part of the reason I grew a beard. I just hate this racket with the fancy razor tech and the, oh, you got to get the razors from behind the counter and there's an anti-theft device and it's like it's shaving people. Why did we have to complicate this process so much? Why did we have to make it so expensive? Dollar Shave Club is the smarter choice if you need a great shave at a fantastic price. It's convenient. It's delivered right to your door. It's an awesome life hack, a total no-brainer. And you don't have to worry about getting those cheap disposable razors. You don't have to buy those fancy razors that are, what, like $20 for three of them. When I used uh, the Dollar Shave Club Executive Razor and the Dr. Carver's Shave Butter, I was amazed at just how smooth of a shave that it is. I mean, I was cleaning up my beard this morning. And I have to say what I love about the shave butter is that you could see through it. So if you're someone like me that you have facial hair and you need to clean it up, you don't want foam, you don't want something where you're having to guess and it becomes a thing of it's like, oh, I took too much off, I have to even it out. The shave butter lets you see everything that you're shaving, protects your skin and delivers just a great close shave. And what is fantastic about Dollar Shave Club is that you're not overpaying. It's so convenient. They come right to your door. You don't have to go to the store. You don't have to deal with that whole rigmarole. So here's what we want you to do. You can get your first month with the executive razor and a tube of Dr. Carver shave butter for only $5 with free shipping. And after that, razors are just a few bucks a month. That's a $15 value for only five bucks. And in your first box, you're going to get that awesome weighty handle and a full cassette of four cartridges cartridges in addition to that tube of shave butter. After your first month, replacement cartridges are shipped automatically at the regular price. No hidden fees, no commitments, cancel anytime you like. And you can only get this offer exclusively at dollarshaveclub.com slash INC. That's dollarshaveclub.com slash INC. Raj, have you tried them out yet? I did. That's today. This is all Dollar Shave Club. And that's a, that's a good point about the, the butter stuff. Because when I put that on, at first I thought I was like, oh no, is this the aftershave? Because it's so different from, you know, like a shaving cream. And then I used it and uh, I mean, it's as advertised. It, my skin felt super smooth, no cuts. Uh, usually when I switch razors, it, you know, there's a little tr- transition period, but not the case today. And, you know, super smooth. It was awesome. And, and I'm actually, uh, switching to that. I've yeah. I love it for a year. Oh, really Dennis? Yes. Love it. Love it. Best. My wife signed me up for it. It's the best thing ever. Yeah. 
No, it's, it's really, really good. And buying razors. Oh my God. I, I did that uh, a couple months ago for a trip. I was like, oh, I have to replenish my stock of razors. And I mean, I can't believe how insane it's gotten. I mean, do you guys have the same thing where you live, you know, behind the counter, anti-theft? It's just, you know, they treat me like a criminal. And guys, I just want to shave. And they're expensive too. Yeah, absolutely. So Dollar Shave Club to the rescue. Love these guys. Go to dollarshaveclub.com slash INC to take advantage of our exclusive offer. And for $5 with free shipping, you're going to get that first month with the executive razor, full cassette of four cartridges, and a tube of that shave butter. You know what I liked about it? I also liked that it came with a little newsletter. They do a little <laughs> yeah, like right. reading material for the bathroom. I was like, oh, you know, this, this yeah. is delightful and was literally minutes of enjoyment uh, browsing through it. So again, dollarshaveclub.com slash INC. So happy to have them on the Wrestling Inc. podcast. Uh, so back to a less happy note of last night's SmackDown. Man, oh, that women's division. Something, something. They're just, they're, they're ruining what little they uh, potential they have. Uh, Fashion Files last night. What did you guys think of this doing the straight comedy bit with the number one tag contenders, Brazongo, Raj, did it do anything for you last night? I mean, it was, it was entertaining, I guess. It, it does it make me see them as, you know, contenders to the tag titles, but uh, it was, it was, I mean, you know, the, the, the match with the Ascension did a lot more to make them seem uh, more legit, but um, it was, it was something. <laughs> I know you guys like this, uh, <laughs> like this stuff, so. <laughs> how about you dennis i said the last week i'll say it again this week it is a breath of fresh air that they go back to this too much of it gets still but you know i like this kind of wrestling this is this is a throwback for me from the early 90s and maybe a little wcw stuff T to me this was great and they kept it off with looking great in the ring so it wasn't just a skit and then an okay match they look great in the ring I, I thought, man, they're doing a good job of slowly packaging packaging them up for this pay-per-view. Whether they're going to get fed to the Usos or not, I, I'm enjoying the journey. Fed to the Usos. Think about that still doesn't sound right. <laughs> I mean, even with the Usos where they're at now, it's like, I think back to a year ago, and it was like, I don't know if the Usos are that much better than Brazongo in the pecking order. Um, the Usos, I thought, were great last night. Oh, last night they were fantastic, but I mean, they've come just a long way. Brazongo as well. I mean, I think uh, this is a very, I would love to know behind the scenes what's uh, behind this investment in Brazongo. I suspect part of it might be Southpaw and just seeing that these guys are, are pretty good with the comedy. I um, think it's more, they just need a team until the new day come on. And who else is there? They've already done American Alpha to, to death. So, you know, it's like the Ascension or, uh, or these guys. Yeah, or toss Jack Gallagher with Aiden and uh, do the Vaudevillains 2.0. I mean, really. Yeah, yeah or because right. um, and because uh, the Shining Stars who have been MIA since they debuted since our uh, I think they had one match. You what know, the they don't want to do heel versus heel. So on the babyface side, you're you know, you're down to one. Yeah. Uh, so I thought, but they're I making thought, the most of it. I mean, yeah. it's entertaining. I, I just think Tyler Breeze could be so much more if he if he stopped making his gimmick so corny. I think he could be you know up there. And Fandango too, um, but I think their their gimmicks just limit them. Mm. Well, I mean, what's it going to do? Bust out the Mike Dalton gimmick back from the early days of NXT? Yeah, just don't do a gimmick. I mean, you know, just be a. Uh, when Shawn Michaels was over the top, pretty boy, he wasn't a main eventer. 
when he had the yeah. mirror and he was always checking himself out. He became the main eventer when he dropped the silliness. He was still the heartbreak kid. He was, you know, he would still do, you know, playing to the crowd, but it wasn't like he really believed like he needed to fix his hair during a match. And I think no one, you know, no one believes that Tyler Breeze is really like that. And so um, I think it just hampers him. Yeah, it's a good point about Shawn Michaels. I remember as a kid just being like, who's this male stripper that's on <laughs> wrestling? I mean, it was just very hard to take him seriously. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see what they do with that. See how it goes. But Brazongo, yeah, I don't see Brazongo uh, becoming serious. You know, maybe if, maybe if uh, Mike Dalton and Johnny Curtis come out one week, you know, we'll get something with a little more integrity. Um, Luke Harper versus Eric Rowan. Uh, anything, Raj. <laughs> <sighs> Yeah, I feel bad for Luke Harper. He's so much more talented than Eric Rowan. He's side, you know, both these guys are just sidelined by that Wyatt family jobber stench, like being oh, the yeah. job guys for the Wyatts, that they're just in purgatory. You know, you talk about purgatory, they're in mid card purgatory. And Luke Harper just needs to reinvent himself, get rid, you know, I've said it so many times, get rid of that outfit, change it up. Uh, become your own guy because I think people still see these guys as former members of the Wyatt family as opposed to their... talking about it last night. I mean, that was in the, in the play-by-play. Yeah. You know? yeah, that's, yeah, that's their whole, that's their whole thing. And Can you imagine if Braun had, Braun had come out and done those squashes and they're like, Braun, former member of the Wyatt family, now on Raw, without Bray Wyatt, his leader. I mean, it's just way to knock somebody down. Yeah. Yeah, and, and Luke is so talented, and he's a big guy. He's someone that they they could really use. And and, and have him lose to Rowan. I was just scratching my head over that one. I, I don't know what plans they got for Rowan or if it was just one of those things where they have Rowan win this week and Harper wins a rematch next week. But um, I, I, I just thought this was uh, – the match wasn't great, and the finish was even more bewildering. I think their plans for Rowan uh, stop at a new mask. They're like, well, we got him a new mask. Right. That's his big turnaround. <laughs> They're not giving him a push. They're not giving him a shove. Just sort of a gentle, you know, eh, go out there. All right. Here, let's reinvent a Rowan. Let's give him a slightly creepier mask. <laughs> what did you think, Dennis? You know, many months ago when we were talking about Luke Harper and it looked like he was getting a main event push, I think we all kind of said, hey, let's everybody pump our brakes. He'll be back down to mid-card status you know, very shortly, and the fans didn't quite like that and disagreed with us. Here we are now. I, I would love to see them as a tag team. I think they'd still be okay as a tag team in that division. You, They could be a great setup tag team or someone chasing, but to do what they're doing to both these guys right now is is a crime. They're They're way too talented to be jobbing against each other for no reason other than we used to work for Bray Wyatt. You as Roz said, change them up, do something different, or put them back together and let there be them their own thing in the tag team division. It's just it's I'm frustrated for these guys with the way that they're uh, being booked against each other now because there's no story to tell. Um, and I don't know what they're going to do with that. Uh, so on the flip side, all story, very very sliver of action. Ziggler and Nakamura last night with uh, that. God, backlash can't get here soon enough. I feel we got to sit through what one more of these next week before we finally get to see Nakamura and Ziggler have a proper match. Yeah, and Ziggler's promo. I feel like he's been doing the same promo for you know like one month of every year. He's doing this promo of uh, being the guy, and sometimes he falls short, but then he reminds you know like 
he's he just been cutting that same promo forever. Uh, I used to be such a big fan of Ziggler, and I just feel like he's just fallen down, you know, fallen down the ladder. And, and Nakamura, I don't know why he does his promos with that mouthpiece in. I think it hurts. It hurts his promos even more than uh, the stuff that they have scripted for him. So I just look at how they built Sammy versus Nakamura. I felt like that would be way more effective uh, where you just had Nakamura doing a couple video packages. You build that intrigue. You, you know, you hadn't come out to the violent entrance one week and you do a couple video packages the next few weeks. And then you have them debut at backlash. And I think it would be a lot more interesting than what they're doing now. Dennis, how are you? How are you coping with what they're doing with Nakamura week to week on SmackDown? Last night was probably the best they've done. I it was. I'm not as critical on the last nights alone. If I if you were to show me a couple video packages of these guys and then show me last night's uh, promo, I would have been really excited. Ziggler can be his own worst enemy with selling too much and his overacting, but last night it, it worked great. I, we all knew he'd roll out of the ring when Nakamura called him out, and, and he kind of hung in there for a second. I, I liked what they did last night. It was high energy. It was pretty fast, even though it was the same thing we've heard over and over again from Ziegler. He refreshed it for me a little bit. It, it, you know, If this was it, I would have been excited, but now I'm a little nervous that maybe next week's a letdown or if they could keep just a little bit of what they had last night, I'd be happy, I think. But up until then, it's been stale. But. And with Ziggler, I mean, that whole thing on Talking Smack is just, God, it's, it's getting to be just a broken record at this point. Every feud he's been in, this is his, his shtick and his angle. It's, Luckily, it doesn't look like this is a long-term thing. Like this, I think, ends at Backlash. Cool. So we're It looks get, like uh, Nakamura might be moving to the U.S. title picture already after oh, wow. this. So yeah, we had an article on it last night. And Dolph Ziggler will be... Uh, does Back he, to, you know, Kalisto or whoever, you know, not Kalisto, <laughs> but whoever the SmackDown equivalent, Sin Cara. Oh, yeah. did, did Ziggler ever resign? Because there was that rumor. Um, I feel like it's a year plus now, but that, you know, at the end of his contract, he was going to give up wrestling and go do comedy somewhere. Did he resign or is his contract coming close to the end? Where do we know? I think he's, he's around for a bit. Okay. Th- that. Storyline last year, I think, was just storyline. Yeah, with the Miz when he was talking about taking indie bookings. Right, the two days before the match, all of a sudden he's like, <laughs> "Oh, if you're interested in indie bookings, even though I can't wait two days to, you know, <laughs> put out my indie booking info." That was the one good thing. That's been the a good bright score. spot, you know, for some. Yeah, uh, I mean, that was that his feud with the Miz was his. Uh, I think it was his highlight over the past year. I thought it was better than his stuff with Dean Ambrose, even though that was the championship match at SummerSlam. Well, with the Miz, at least he was even crazy to think about. Oh yeah, no, that one gets you. That's your reference point. You know, for me, it's like the old day segment is the like weird sort of like how far we've fallen. But it's not like he um, he necessarily fell. He was at this level, and then you just threw him in the championship match, and then you know now he's back down. And the Miz thing was good because he was referencing. It was very meta. He was referencing, like, he's like, yeah, I know I always say that. What was it? Yeah, I'm on the phone with his mom backstage. It was like, yeah, I lost again, but I really tried this time. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, they got to do they got to do something. Um, okay, so what JBL called a backstage uh, skit or sketch, uh, Sammy's in backstage with Orton and AJ. Um, yeah, 
Zane looking uh, like a crazy neurotic guy last night. Dennis, what did you think of this? The, this set back everything I said at the top of the show about how they made Sami Zayn look good when he came out and attacked Baron Corbin. They took like five steps back with this promo. It it did nothing for me, and to me, it did nothing for his character. I, I wish they didn't show it. I would have rather seen a block of commercials than what was being shown on that screen there. He just looked like a giant geek. Yeah, you know. And uh, are you, how do you get behind? You know, someone that's that geeky. And I know you're a big Sammy fan, Glenn. What do you think? Did you did it make him him more endearing or uh, more as a more unlikable? Based on every story I've read, based on every interview with him, I mean, this was an amplified version of who, who, if not who he is, I think how he's seen backstage. Yeah, and um, that maybe explains some things. You know, in terms yeah, he gives of, a lot of suggestions. Backstage. Yeah, and um, you know. So it's just, it's amazing to me. It's amazing to me that in NXT, all of these same qualities put him in the championship picture. And then here they're like, no, we're going to kind of just use you as this utility guy. But no, I don't think that did him necessarily any favors last night um, to have Orton and AJ just sort of walk, walk away while he was talking. I mean, you know, unless that's part of a larger storyline build they're doing, I just, I don't see the value in that. Yeah. He just made him look like a loser, but um he was in the main event. <laughs> and he show. didn't eat the pin, which uh, defied, I think, most people's assumption. No. Um, what did you think of that little uh, New Day tease they did last night with the video game thing? I thought it was something for TJ Perkins at first. I'll be honest. I, I kind of was like, What's, what, is, what is this for? It was all right. You know, it is what it is. It didn't really... Like I said, it felt very TJ Perkins. It feels like a ripoff when you have kind of two people doing the same thing. And they didn't do anything for me. That was the rocket thing with the right. The uh, who's their partnership with for uh, Backlash Rocket? Um, rocket Fuel? Yeah. Was it? No. Uh, gosh, I'm forgetting their name. Oh, Rocket League. Ro- yeah. Um, was that uh, inspired in there or was it just. No, I think it was more play on Xavier Woods and up, up, down, down uh, and doing like an arcade game. But I thought it was interesting that it kind of buried. Normally when you see these coming soon or the returning soon thing, they don't put down the current roster. So I thought it was interesting that it was dissing the entire Smack, uh, SmackDown tag division with uh, those that character selection screen and whatnot. I thought that was an interesting angle. Yeah. yeah. So who knows? But uh, I'm sure... You know, New Day will will breathe life into uh, the SmackDown tag division. But speaking of which, uh, Ascension versus Brazongo last night. So we alluded to this earlier. <sighs> you look at these guys in the ring, and yes, it is kind of ridiculous that Brazongo is stuck with the comedy gimmick when you have two very talented workers um, who who can pull off a decent match, even against the Ascension. Uh, Raj, what did you think of this last night? Um, I, I thought it was fine. It did what it was supposed to do. It. I thought Brizongo. It made them look good, which was, I don't know, probably the first time they've looked good, and not 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 in a their quality of work, but as far as like a, you know, a, a tag team that means something. So it accomplished that. Again, it's that quick push from being a jobber to at the top of the division that you know I, I have an issue with, but. You know, it, like if they had been doing this for like a month where they're feuding with the Ascension back and forth, <laughs> dominate the Ascension and then move on to a tag title 
picture. I think that would have been better, but I don't think they have long-term plans for Brizongo in the tag main event. But the match itself, I mean, the match itself was nothing special. Dennis, what did you think of the Usos promo that they cut last night? Loved it. I thought that was the once again the the Usos brought brought I can't even say it. The breath life into this show. Okay, there we go. Um, it was different. It was clever. You know, they they took a lot of swipes. Some of it uh, a little on the uh, terms of PC ish, which I thought was all right. You know. Here's my thought, though. You, you've got Jinder Mahal, and, and now you have Brizango. One of these two teams have to win, right, for us to believe that you can go from jobber to contender. They can't have them both lose because what next time they do this, we'll all just kind of shake our heads and move forward, right? I think we do that every time. But, I mean, realistically, one of them has to win. They, I mean, they've done it before. JBL, well, JBL wasn't really a jobber, but he was a lower mid card guy. You know, he's part of the the APA, uh, and then all of a sudden repackaged and world <laughs> champion in a, like a month or two. But I felt like JBL never really felt like a, a main event guy. It did help him. He felt like an upper mid card guy. Um, I, I don't, I don't, I don't see it. I don't see it. If it works with either of them, I could see it working with Jinder Mahal more. But um, I don't know. I, I don't see either of those guys. You know, I don't see Brizango or Jinder winning. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. Curious. With the Usos, I feel like the Usos promos are always... Since, since they did this free package, I feel like the Usos have done some great promos, but something just feels always a little off about them. Like, they either get too excited, and they, like, jumble a couple words. Like, I feel like they're just lacking that little bit of polish, you know, to really make them uh, main event tag team talent. I feel like uh, I think they're great on the mic. They're 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 poised. They're so comfortable. They come across as themselves, right? Yeah. Like that's that's the problem I have with Brizango is they they are doing. You're clearly doing gimmicks. Anyone watching is like, oh, they're not like that in real life. You watch the Usos, you be like, oh, they probably that's probably how they are in real life. And um, I think there's a certain amount of viciousness or heelishness uh, in their promos that's lacking because if uh, they come across as entertaining but not. Uh, not necessarily you wanting to hate them, but I thought I thought they were great. Um, I mean, they might be with Kevin Owens, uh, the best promo guys on SmackDown. Hmm. I think uh, some of what they've done on Talking Smack has been really, really good. But I'm I'm curious if they can keep them as pseudo heels uh, for the time being, because it seems like it's in their nature to smile and joke and. Um, right. And that's the problem, I think, because when they are on Talking Smack, they come across as really cool guys that, you know, that would probably be fun. You know, it's like even Daniel Bryan said it, you know, when the Usos are heels, he's like, man, those guys are cool. I wish I could hang out with them, you know, which is weird because they, they actually do what Roman can't do, which is that sort of like anti-hero Han Solo-esque Fonz type swagger of be a little edgy, but still be incredibly likable. Yeah. And I don't know if Roman has you know, that leeway to do that because they don't want him to, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, so let's talk about, let's talk about this segment, which I'd blocked from my memory. And I was so happy I'd forgotten this happened last night until I was just reminded looking at the recap. So Mojo Raleigh working with children, giving tours. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Raj, segment of the night. 
remember what I said, and I got all that hate after WrestleMania when everyone was like, why are you hating on them pushing Mojo? And, you know, and I'm like, look, he's going to be, this was, him winning was done to just get Gronk on SportsCenter, so they got that highlight. It wasn't done to make Mojo a top guy. And look where he is, you know, a month later. Um, <laughs> Giving tours, man, face of the company, literally. That know, was, an ambassador. Yeah, yeah, it was terrible. <clears throat> Dennis. This might be the worst thing they've done in a long time. There was no point to it. We go back to the Andre the Giant thing, which has essentially been dead. I I don't care. I don't. They made me care less for Mojo Riley, and I didn't care to begin with. So congratulations, WWE. You did it. I I've got zero cares about Mojo Riley because of you. I think uh, they've, they've they've killed any of the shine he had from winning that battle royal. Gone. Yeah, till Gronk uh, shows up at Backlash for whatever silly match they put. I mean, him really, isn't Mojo pretty much where he was, was two months ago? Now nah, he's getting segments. He was getting segments a couple months ago. Not like there, this. Wasn't given tours. Yeah, <laughs> there were, he was getting better segments a couple yeah. months ago. <laughs> oh, Zack Ryder. Zack Ryder needs to come back and save Mojo from this. Um, so not the worst. I still contend that Nakamura equals uh, Nakamura's really Michael Jackson was a much worse segment and much more painful than this last night. But yeah, I agree. I, it was. I don't think it was the worst, but it, it was. It was the worst thing last night. Yeah, it was. It was just so silly. I mean, and like no, it, you know what? If someone would have shown up out of nowhere and attacked him backstage with the kids there, I would have been like, "This is brilliant." Right. This is yeah. Great way to set up a feud. Yeah. But nothing happened. That would have been cool. Yeah. Yeah, the kid kicked him. That was uh, as close as we got. Oh, God. Okay, so uh, also from backstage, Rusev, uh, talking about he hasn't heard from Shane McMahon, demanding his title shot. So isn't Rusev scheduled to come back like next week or the week after, Raj? Yeah, I think he said he'll be he'll be coming next week, right? Yeah, so he's probably, uh, thank God. Man, Rusev attacking Mojo last night. That would have saved the segment. Yeah. Um, I think that's a big step down for Rusev when they need more top guys. Um, but, uh, I, I, you know, I, I'm glad it wasn't him. I, I, you could have done it like Eric Rowan attacking, you know, Mojo and you got something there, but, uh, Rusev, Rusev I mean, they're, they're pushing him to a, a world title feud. So I think, uh, I mean, that could be the, that could be the world title match at, at money in the bank. You got Orton beating gender and then facing uh, Rusev at money in the bank. I'm going to predict it now. I think Rusev shows up next week and sets the seeds for him to interfere at Backlash in that match between Jinder huh? and, or- and Jinder and Orton. I think that puts Rusev right at the top where he wants to be. They could. I, I could see him being turned down next week um, yeah. because it would be it would make them look bad. Shane McMahon and Daniel Bryan to just give in to his demands. Uh, you know, if a, a heel demand something. They're like, okay, you got it. So. I can see him getting turned down and then, yeah, something like that where he costs, he, he does something, maybe costs, I don't know, attacks Orton, does something at Backlash. That I, I predict that's literally the note right now on a corkboard somewhere for Backlash plans. It's There's a card that they pin there saying Rusev does something, <laughs> you know, yeah. in the main event. They're not sure what, but something. Or they could just have Rusev, you know, they say you fa- you can face the winner of the Backlash main event next week. And if you win that match, you you know, get a title shot. Yeah. Rusev's looking pretty good. So he's, he's dropped some weight, right? Yeah. I'm not a fan of the haircut. I think he looks more uh, like a monster heel with the, with the long hair. 
Mm. But we'll see. So the main event last night started with a half an hour to go in the show. Randy Orton, AJ Styles, and Sami Zayn versus Jinder Mahal, Baron Corbin, and Kevin Owens. We're going to talk about that in a minute, but I want to thank the other sponsor of this episode. Uh, we're letting you all know. Bill Goldberg is stepping into the Sugar Factory Las Vegas for a special meet and greet on May 20th from 2 to 5 p.m. For $75, fans will have the opportunity for a VIP experience to take selfies with Goldberg, get an autographed picture, and try the Goldberger, the monster hamburger named after none other, other than Goldberg himself. And that's accompanied by fries and an insane milkshake or beer. And that's the name, the insane milkshake. I'm not saying like, oh, hey, you'll get some insane milkshake. No, it's the insane milkshake or beer and uh for twenty dollars fans will have the chance for a selfie and signed photo so act fast make your reservations to meet goldberg today by calling 702-685-0483 for the grand event or check out sugarfactory.com for more information that's sugarfactory.com for your chance to meet goldberg on may 20th at the sugar factory las vegas and raj as you were pointing out the other night goldberg doesn't do a lot of this stuff typically that's a rare opportunity to see one of the biggest stars of you know, modern history, you know, modern, modern wrestling history. So, you know, anytime you get a chance to see someone like that or a Steve Austin, and if you're in that area, I'd jump on it. Yeah, absolutely. And if you get a chance to meet him, ask him how he feels about Oscar now breaking his streak and uh, send that quote to us at wrestling. I think he tweeted something about that before. He's like, go girl or, you know, something like that when she was getting close. Yeah. She's, be she's beating it, right? Yeah, she's she's beating it. Can I just say one thing? Uh, I've seen a lot of meet and greets. Those prices are very reasonable, believe it or not, for what you get. Uh, I was I that's the first time I've heard this promo, and I'm sitting here thinking, really, you get that for that price? That's not bad at all. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, cool guys. So, uh, main event last night, Randy Orton, AJ Styles and Sami Zayn versus Jinder, Baron Corbin and Kevin Owens. So they started the entrances with a half an hour to go on the show last night. This was a lengthy segment, lengthy match with everyone getting some action. Uh, Sammy got, it looked like his nose busted a little bit there. Um, Raj, what'd you think of this and how, uh, the action flowed from performer to performer? I thought the match was fine. I think they overdo the bit at the end where everyone hits their finisher until the person winning hits it. You know, uh, they do that a lot. But um, I thought the match was fine. Yeah, I mean the ending made sense. Uh, I, I don't. I mean, you you want for people to take gender seriously, make them believe he could beat Orton, and he kind of you know beat him clean pretty much with this with this finisher. So, um, you know, I think that in this case, it's the right the right finish to have. Dennis, what'd you think? It was the first time they really made Jinder look super strong here. As Raj said, you kind of stole my thunder. It, it was as clean as you can get in this kind of match. And Jinder really looked good. I liked how they led up to everything. It, it, it's all working to the finisher spot. We we understand and we get that. And for what, the second or sixth man tag team match that it feels like in a long time, I'm okay with it. I, I you had all your stars on. You got it in. It was entertaining. Gender came out on top. You couldn't ask for anything more if you're trying to build somebody like gender. Yeah. Someone made the, is making the point in our chat that they're bored of main events that mean nothing. And there used to be main events which decided things. And I think that's kind of where I am with the TV this week. I felt like you could completely skip this week's TV with Ron SmackDown. You didn't miss anything. Nothing really hinged on, on this week, except for uh, Roman injuring Braun. Other than that, 
And that was more they were forced to because Braun is legitimately injured. <laughs> I asked that a couple Mondays ago, and Matt Morgan called me a stupid mark. For you, Matt Morgan, I was right. Well, he wasn't injured then. He just got injured last week. I don't, I don't care. I'm going to take this opportunity. <laughs> yeah. Semantics, but I'll take it. Yeah. Well, you know what? It could have been before that. And the, yeah, I, I think it's not a, a single injury, but like some nagging injuries that caught up. So, um, but yeah, yeah, he's, he's out for a couple months. Really changes, changes all their plans on Rob, you know, on the main event picture. So what do you hear and what's the rumor for how this changes some stuff? Uh, not haven't heard much yet. It seems like they'll probably do something with Finn Balor and Seth Rollins, uh, against Lesnar, one of the two of them. Um, because yeah, they, they don't want to do reigns right now. So that's, that's kind of what you're left with. And they both make sense. Uh, I think Balor makes more sense since he, he has a the automatic title shot that he can use. Mm. So, um, that's kind of built in. I was impressed they had Orton take the pin last night. I thought that was sort of a ballsy move storytelling wise. Yeah. And after he just is coming off a loss to Bray Wyatt, he's kind of in a slump, but that's part of the problem right now. I mean, I just feel like, you know, so on raw, we have the, the part-timer champion. Um, I think Randy might as well be a part-timer champion on SmackDown. I feel that he shows up, but he's like kind of only given 50% with a lot of this. You know, even that opening promo he cut referencing the House of Horrors match. It was just kind of like, eh. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I think that opening promo was telling. Like you could tell when AJ came out that there was a more of a shift of, of, of momentum than, than with Orton. But, you know, Orton's been there forever. He's WWE loves him. Um, you know, it's kind of weird, though, because he's got to know at this stage in his career. I mean, he's not old, old, but. How many more title runs does he have left in him? That's not up to him. It's up to no, WWE. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. I'm saying his career. Like I would think, if you're a guy at this stage in it, it's like I mean, look at you know Jericho, who's again a little older than Randy, but look at Jericho. Just seemed to be enjoying it. You know, being back with the company and really giving it his all. With Randy, I just feel like he's a fifty percenter. Yeah, I mean, I can't disagree. I mean, I think you know, even when Cena's out there, for the, there are a couple times here and there where Cena looks like. Uh, he's going through the motions, but for the most, but not consistently, you know, he always will do something that makes you think he cares. Like, you know, he's being put in a, a WrestleMania match with the Miz and those guys made the most of it and made it, uh, one of the most entertaining bills for this year's WrestleMania. So, um, yeah, I, I just, yeah, I, I, or, I don't know if Orton just as a baby face, I don't know when the last time it has worked, um, where you're like really into his feuds and, and, and stuff like that. So yeah. yeah. People are uh, calling me out in the chat. Uh, Mike saying that that's his character. He's calm and quiet, like a Viper. Then he strikes. It's just like, <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I think uh, it's not calm and quiet. He just seems kind of bored. Like that's how he comes across. And when he does his, his promos, are, you know, have, I almost feel like they've went downhill. Well, especially oh. a lot of, a lot of that has to do with that Wyatt feud. He was given some bad material in, during that. Um, Lighting yeah, the house on fire was sweet, but everything else was just kind of boring. Some, um, you know what's weird? I just had to look this up. Randy Orton's only 37. He's two years younger uh, than uh, AJ Styles, who's 39. But, I mean, Orton carries himself. I mean, you know, he's been doing this a long time. He was the youngest WWE champion. 
But I mean, Orton, I don't know. He's in his prime, but he's not, not given it. I don't know. There's something about his attitude. Maybe it's just where he's at with his career. You know, I think he's always been like that. Early on, I feel I feel maybe it worked better when he was younger. You know, sort of that almost smugness. I don't know. Boy, I feel like, and this might be rose-colored glasses. The you know the legend killer was a little more intense. Yeah, well, it was a good gimmick. I mean, honestly, I don't know what his gimmick is now. I don't think is it the snake. Th- I mean. I- Snake thing. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's just bad. It's just bad. This, this week with WWE programming as a whole, I know I said this about Raw. Like, Raw made me feel like I don't have to watch live. You know, if we weren't doing the podcast, I wouldn't have to watch it live. Um, could easily DVR it. I feel like this week, if you were just basing where the WWE is at, I feel like if you're a casual fan, you could just watch this week in WWE on the network and probably catch the, the like three interesting things that happened across Raw and SmackDown this week. Oh. You saw the raw number. Um, so, you know, last year they they weren't dropping below 3 million viewers until football season hit. And this week's was, let's take a look. It was 2.87 million viewers. Um, the, the I think it's the lowest not, uh, number not going against football that they've ever done, or at least since like 95, but I think it might be ever. Um, so... Yeah, it's a uh, non-holiday and and not going against football. So I think that just tells you um, they're they're dropping. I mean, they it's it's a huge drop from WrestleMania. You know, for each week uh, you you see they keep dropping and dropping more. That's been happening in the last few years, but they're getting. I mean, they're reach, they're hitting all time lows. Um. Well, anyway, I, I think uh, and and they do it to themselves. You know, we we bring it up that. They make the main eventers, you know, the older part-time guys look like the main events of WrestleMania. And then you're supposed to be watching the undercard guys um, and taking them as, as the top guys after that. Yeah. Feel void and not having that main title on Raw. I think it's hurting them. Yeah. I mean, I really think, you, you know, you put all that into Goldberg just to get a Lesnar win. Why not have him come in and uh, do something with, you know, like a Samoa Joe or someone and put someone young over. So at least you get more out of that investment than just one win for Lesnar, who doesn't really need that win, you know? Um. Anyway. Yeah. And, and the, if, the problem with these part-timers ending at WrestleMania is it gives no one else any steam. Oh yeah. No, it's, I mean, it's, it's absolutely terrible. And I'll tell you if, um, if Brock is that big of a draw that they want him as the champion, like back up the Brinks money truck to his house and get him on raw each week or, you know, why did, why waste all his appearances on dark show matches? You know, like they had him appear at like three or four raws before WrestleMania where he didn't even appear on camera and he came out afterwards and did something with the big show just for the live crowd. So yeah, it just, it just boggles the mind. You should have him after WrestleMania. You want to try to keep as much of that momentum going, not just kill it. And you know, Brock is gone the, the day after WrestleMania after he wins the title. Yeah. It's nuts. And I understand uh, saving it for the pay-per-view, but if they don't get people tuning into raw and SmackDown every week, those pay-per-view audiences are going to dwindle. I think right now backlash is good. I think backlash could set a new low for the network era in terms of pay-per-view buys. Yeah. Streams. Yeah. I, I, I agree. I, I, this seems like the, I mean, the big thing is Nakamura's debut and yeah, 
we'll see, I feel like every week that interest probably drops a little bit. So oh, definitely. And we'll if have you're, to see if how you're they pull that off. Fan. If you're an NXT fan, you've already seen it, you know, and that's your core subscriber base right there. Like you've already got those people. Right. They haven't done anything to make casuals more interested in, uh, in Shinsuke at this point. Yeah. So what's backlash looking like as it stands? We have Jinder versus Randy for the title. Yep. Rizango versus the Usos. The uh, six woman match. Um, uh, AJ versus Kevin. AJ versus Kevin. Nakamura versus Dolph. Yep. And I think that's it, right? I, that's it right now, right? That's all they've announced. Uh, Pre show. Your guess is as good as mine. <laughs> yeah. Eric Rowan versus Luke Harper, maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, that's it. So. Oh, probably Sammy versus Corbin. Yeah, they could do that. Yeah, that's how that and that absolutely sounds like a solid pre-show match. Um, I don't think they need anything else at this point to to round it out. It's just it's complete, but it's it you know it's, it's just not the greatest given where everyone's at with it. On paper, those matches actually sound a lot better than the reality of where everything's at right now. Like if we'd had just those matches with no buildup, I would actually be more excited than the storylines they've given us around those matches. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's not the most exciting pay-per-view. Yeah. We'll see. A lot of times these kind of pay-per-views over deliver as far as match quality goes. Um, you know, cause I think AJ and Owens can steal the show. I think, you know, uh, Ziggler and Nakamura could be great. So uh, we'll see, but I definitely think there should be a SmackDown women's title match as opposed to that, that six person. Looks like we lost Dennis. Because <clears throat> um, he's so disgusted with the state of wrestling. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, what are they, how do they solve this problem they've set up in the women's division where they're treating Charlotte like the top star? Naomi's got the belt. The welcoming committee is going to doom us to these three-on-three matches. Well, I I think it was botched from the beginning by having Charlotte be a fa- baby face right off the bat. You yeah, know, I think you could have had a really cool feud with her and Naomi, and build to that. Like start uh, with Charlotte versus Becky, build to Naomi, and have Naomi you know feud with Natalia or or someone like that. So, um, we'll see, man. Yeah, yeah, I just hope I just hope they I just hope things turn for the better after backlash. You got New Day coming back, Rusev coming back. Shinsuke Nakamura will be wrestling more regularly. So hopefully that uh, that makes things feel more important. So you think this week beats the ratings low for both shows? I think so. Yeah, I'm expecting SmackDown to not beat last week. Next week's got to be better, man, or else we're going to start doing segments called, so what else are you watching on TV? <laughs> like, yeah, turn this yeah. into the, the Better Call Saul podcast. Absolutely. Oh, my God. This Did you watch that this week? Did, Are you yeah. watching that? That, yeah, that, yeah, that could not be – that saved my Monday night. I was like, oh, my <laughs> yeah, God. That's what I do. I was, I, after the podcast, I get a couple articles up, do what I can, and then watch Better Call Saul before bed. Yeah, absolutely, man. Anything to, to remove uh, the taste of this week's Raw. So cool, man. Uh, so we'll be back here. Speaking of raw Monday night with Mr. Matt Morgan to talk about everything that's happening there as they uh, figure out what in the heck they're doing in the road to extreme rules coming up uh, in a little over a month. So Raj, in the meantime, anything people should look for on the site? Um, the, the delayed Justin Roberts interview should be going up today. So uh, check that out. Part one uh, should be up there and 
uh, yeah, we'll uh, keep it. It's a it's a slow news week, slower news week. Uh, uh, then I'll pick up next week. Cool, guys. So until next time, everybody, I'm Glenn Rubenstein, and we'll see you back here on the Wrestling Inc. podcast. Take care. <laughs>